Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our daily live broadcast. Today's quote is about contentment. It's a, one of the more famous quotes of the Buddha regarding contentment. So truth be told, not many of the Buddha's quotes are all that famous, and the, even the most famous quotes are not that famous. The most famous Buddha quotes, of course, are, are the quotes that the Buddha never actually said, but have been propagated around the internet falsely. It's an interesting phenomenon when uh, Buddha's... Uh, I think the most uh, misquoted person on the internet, maybe besides Albert Einstein. But, but probably up there, rivaling Albert Einstein. There are very few quotes on the internet, relatively, that are actually. It's not very quotable. It's not very quotable because his teaching is somewhat deep and it challenges it doesn't really ring true not in not in a conventional sense it challenges you know there are quotable quotes like uh, no dhamma is worth clinging to. No, nothing is worth clinging to. This, you know, it doesn't have the the same ring to it as the uh, as the fake Buddha quotes. This is a good one. This one is one that you could quote. The most quotable of the Buddha that I can think of is. Don't let the moment pass you by. It's actually words of the Buddha. But it's such a generic saying that it probably, probably wasn't the first and he certainly wasn't the last to say it. But here, this, this quote is basically that, like the wings of a bird. like the wings of a bird like a bird that like a bird just as a bird carries only its wings carries its wings as its only burden so too one is satisfied with a robe to protect the, a robe to uh, sustain the body and food to satisfy to sustain the stomach see it's still not all that quotable but this is this is how one is content that's it this is a A motto to live by, 
for a Buddhist monk. See, because we can't get what we want. We can't we live our lives in poverty, in renunciation. So if we begin to covet which does happen. Covet possessions, belongings, things. We're we're inevitably disappointed unless we have unless we have a large following and are a great teacher. By the time a monk becomes a great teacher, a great not great, but like a well known teacher, then they get lots of support and are able to get whatever they want within reason. Uh, during training and living when traveling uh, one has to be content so, no matter what one has to be content you know even a great teacher who has great relative wealth and fame and support follow the Buddha's teaching one need be content and would, which how to what extent should one be content one should be content to the extent that one only clings to food and robes the only two things one actually needs so clings to means uh, seeks out as a requirement doesn't go without everything else one is able to go without but food one seeks out food and robes one seeks out or clothes one seeks out clothing besides these two wings one seeks out nothing this is how one is content so i mean for all of us monks or no this is a good good measure measuring post allows us to measure up and see what sort of things are we clinging to the smartphone is not included in there a nice house is not even included notice he doesn't even include the other requisites dwelling and medicines are the other two requisites but he doesn't include those because you don't actually need them if you want to be truly content doesn't matter where you sleep sleep on the floor sleep in the forest sleep under a park bench I tell this story of how I went and once and slept under a park bench actually I've done it more than once when I was in Sri Lanka um, I got into Colombo I was I guess I was going to give a talk but I uh, I got in the, the night before and the monastery that I was going to was already closed and so rather than bother them, rather than wake them up, I just walked to the nearby park and I actually kind of snuck in. I think I snuck into the park because it was closed as well. I went and slept on a park bench. This is... I think... Um, you haven't really lived until you've gone to... until you've completely let go 
and lived in this kind of poverty. In that sense, those who are homeless are enviable in terms of their renunciation. They've gotten to the bottom. Oscar Wilde, I think, he, who is Oscar? No, no, not Oscar. George Orwell. George Orwell uh, wrote this book about his time in Paris and London when he was when he had no money. And he said, when you get to the bottom, there's a curious feeling that you can't get any, you can't fall any further. You're, you're suddenly, and it's this feeling that we get as renunciants that you can't do anything more to me. I've gotten to the, I've fallen as far as I can fall. I remember small things like, I realized one day that I wouldn't, I, I just couldn't get uh, laundry soap. I didn't have any, in the early days I was using money. Monks in Thailand often use money and I didn't have any. You know, the thing about using money is there was never enough. And so I just realized I wasn't going to be able to buy, I didn't have any money to buy laundry soap. And I, I really panicked because I wouldn't be able to get soap to wash my clothes. And no, and it was soap to wash my body as well. And what am I going to do? And then it just hit me. I'm like, well, I'll wash without soap. And it was, it was just liberating to realize that you can just go without. Of course, the funny thing is once I started keeping the rose and not using money, was a lot more well supported. People appreciated. There was an appreciation for what I was doing, and there's appreciation for uh, supporting my practice. Anyway. So yeah, monks get support. We're supported and looked after. It's not like we're extravagant or hard to look after. It's not like providing food and and clothing. Basic requisites. It's not like it's a great burden. And it's out of appreciation. It's out of appreciation for uh, someone who is cultivating spiritual truth and cultivating peace and goodness, making themselves a better person. If you want to put it like that, when you see someone trying to become a better person, wouldn't you want to help them? Being a monk is all about that, it's about becoming a better person. It's the kind of thing I support. That's why we give, we support how many people who come here to do meditation courses. Free food, free shelter, free teaching. Heck, and then you talk about the teaching that a Buddhist monk can provide because of the time that they have to practice and study and teach.
but we should all be content. And this is the greatest, the greatest contentment, is to be free like a bird with only two wings, two things to, to cling to, to hold on to, everything else, let it go and fly away. So we have some questions. I believe we're all caught up. So we have from today, should you note even the smallest of feelings in meditation or only note it if it's a big distraction? This type of meditation, let's get this clear that there's no, there's no such thing as a distraction. That which you experience is the object, is the proper object of meditation, that which is present. So if a feeling is present, it's not a distraction from something. It's, um, it's an experience of something. So it's that something that you want to be clear about. So if a feeling arises, small or big, that feeling is now there. And so that's what should be your object of, of meditation. So you should note it. How to practice gratitude without being fake gratitude? Truly, a truly true gratitude coming from the bottom of the heart. Well, it's with anything, sincerity is a product of, of purity. So you can't just, it's, I mean, it's kind of a funny question because you're asking, how do you manufacture sincerity? You can't, it's, it's, you have to be sincere. You can't manufacture anything. What can I do that'll make me be sincere? You can't, it doesn't work that way. The thing is to, to learn to be sincere, to stop clinging. What is it that's making the gratitude fake? Delusion? Crooked, crookedness? Pretense. So if you give up pretense, then you only have sincerity. It's like love, you know, you don't have to cultivate it. If you cultivate it, it's, it's sort of just a artificial. But to get true and pure and real love or gratitude or any of these things, just be sincere. Learn to let go. Don't cling. And there'll be a natural sense of appreciation and gratitude. The sensitivity, so you become sensitive to important things, important events, important actions. Whatever happened to that second book you were working on? Do you think you might finish it? There's only one more chapter to write. I've been thinking of writing the last chapter. It's, it's not the most important chapter. I mean, it is the most important topic, but in that sense, it's, it's not really 
the kind of chapter that you have to write about or it's a little bit sensitive to write about because you can't talk about Nibbana, you can't describe it and because I'm trying to make these books fairly open to non-Buddhists um, I, I don't just want to talk about Nibbana I have to explain how it comes out of the practice and still you know, not go into too much detail because it's so much to be experienced on your own. I mean, it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's if, any, if anything is esoteric in Theravada Buddhism, Nibbana is, I think, fairly esoteric. It's the kind of thing you really have to, really have to experience to appreciate. So, I mean, it's not like, it's not like the other chapters in that sense but I plan on finishing it so it's just a matter of getting around to it but the rest of it's up and the rest of it's all you really need very beautiful quote what scripture is it from? this is from the Diganikaya the Samanyapala Sutta the fruits of recluseship, the fruits of renunciation. The, um, this is this was taught to Ajatasattu, the, the son of King Bimbisara. Ajatasattu killed his father at the behest of Devadatta. Devadatta tried to kill the Buddha, Ajatasattu tried to kill his father, and actually succeeded in killing his father, which was just about the worst thing um, up there among the worst things a person can do and so as a result even through teaching the suttas right, one of the greatest suttas um, Ajata Sattu wasn't able to become enlightened because he was destined for hell but it's an important sutta uh, Ajata Sattu wanted to go to to get a teaching from one of the wise men around and but he 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 actually wanted to go and hear the Buddha talk. But he knew that if he were to say, you know, let's go and see the, talk to the Buddha, it wouldn't really you know it would be kind of hypocritical because he killed he, he plotted with Devadatta to kill the Buddha and and he killed one of the Buddha's greatest disciples, his father. So he wanted, he wanted somebody else to suggest that they go and see the Buddha. He felt awkward, felt embarrassed, like he wasn't worthy. I mean, this is what karma does to you. If you do very bad things, it tears you away from good people, makes you feel ashamed and unable to associate with good people. So he was ashamed for a good reason. Uh, and so he asked his he asked all of his advisors who they should go to, who he should go see, and they all suggested various teachers that were contemporaries of the Buddha. Probably these are the teachers that you find in the Upanishads. And then he turns to Jivaka. Jivaka is this doctor who looked after the Buddha and was a Buddhist. Sotapanna, I think. 
And say, what about you? Why are you quiet? And he said, well, I think you should go see the Buddha. And so he decides to go see the Buddha. And he gets there because he's asked all these other teachers this question and they couldn't really give him an answer. And so he comes and asks the Buddha, what are the fruit, what is the fruit of of reclusion, of renunciation? What good is it to go off in the forest and live with just a robe and bowl? Because he says, I have all these workers working for me and I see the benefit of what they do. They do their work, they get paid. Whatever they do, they have the satisfaction and, and gratification and the reward that uh, comes with their with their occupation. What do, what do monks get? What do, what do hermits and recluses get? What do people get from the religion? And so the whole sutta is about all the benefits. It's one of the longest suttas. So the diga, diga means long. So it's one of the few long suttas of the Buddha is very long. Many many, many teachings in it. And this is one of them. Contentment. But this is later on in the sutta when he starts to talk about the real benefits and how one how one how one attains nibbana. And this is one of the things that supports one to find the greatest benefit, which is freedom. Freedom from suffering. Worth reading the Samanyapala Sutta. I believe there's a translation on the internet, probably by Tanisaro. I don't recommend his translations as the best, unfortunately. He's a great monk. He's done a great service for Buddhism with his uh, Vinaya teachings. Uh, but his translations are not... I don't know. I think you have to be one of his followers in his tradition to really appreciate them. He's not a very good translator, I don't think. Sorry. 21-day meditation course question. Use a traditional Zen cushion for sitting meditation to elevate sitting bones for proper posture. We have, um, we have small cushions for you to sit on, put your butt, put under your bottom. You can raise your pelvis, but we're not concerned about proper posture. There's no real proper posture, not for vipassana practice. For samatha, I'm sure it's useful. I don't know. I mean, in Thailand, we sit on these flat cushions. Everybody does. It's very rare to find someone who tries to sit in any sort of proper posture. Even if they do, they still sit flat. They don't put anything under their bottom. That's a fairly Western concept, or maybe Hindu, I don't know, yoga. But in Buddhism, Theravada Buddhism anyway, or traditional Buddhism, not just Theravada, traditional Buddhism, there were none of these cushions. There was one teacher, he was always complaining. He was complaining to me, he said, oh, I went to America, these Westerners are so soft. Like this monk liked to rant. 
likes to rant. I'm sure he's still alive. Uh, he's the teacher at Wat Mahathad in Bangkok. He said, I've been all over America and they're so soft. They, wear these, they, they sit on these big cushions. It's funny because, yeah, we sit on the floor. Just a little cloth. Put your cloth down on the carpet or even the wooden floor. That's why you sit, a good reason to sit in full lotus is so that you're, the balls of your feet, the balls of your ankles, don't touch the floor. If you've ever sat flat on the, on, on the wooden floor, your ankles touch them and, it, and that's quite uncomfortable. But if you sit full lotus, they don't. The link to my book is at the top. Isn't the, or maybe the second, maybe the second version isn't there, is it? Huh. Let me see. Teachings. Well, it's there. It's on our. It's on our site. There's a link to it in the in the menus. Somewhat buried, I, I admit. But you're welcome to bring your own cushion if you want. We've got cushions if you need one. Tina made some nice little cushions about this big that you can put under. Can we say that in metta meditation we are sincere about wanting to subdue anger instead of letting it cause harm? Otherwise being sincere would mean letting anger take control of your words and actions. No, that, I mean, sincerity is just natural, natural, rather than forced or artificial. Sincerity means coming from the heart. So in anything you do, yes, if you, yes, in, in metta, if you, uh, if you are sincere, there will be a sincere aversion to anger. Not aversion, but you know what I mean. Towards anger and its results. But it'd be sincere, it won't be artificial or fake. Because it comes from insight. We're reading in the Buddha's words by Bhikkhu Bodhi, and I still find it fascinating. So I'm sure it's a very fascinating compilation. One of the verses said that after enlightenment, one uses its insight to direct it to the destruction of other taints. No. No. And after enlightenment, an arahant does not have greed, anger, or delusion. So um, you'll have to give me that quote, and I'll explain it to you how you're, you're misreading it, or it's being mistranslated. I'm pretty sure he didn't mistranslate it. He's a pretty good translator. So probably there's a misinterpretation going on there. There's no such thing as after enlightenment. It's probably not after enlightenment. It's maybe after the attainment of Sotapanna. And the Sotapanna still has defilements. 
what is the first sutta I should read to begin a formal study of Buddhism? I mostly studied Buddhism through secondary sources in the past. Um, well, there's no one sutta, but there are compilations that you can read. Read the Majjhima Nikaya. I think that's pretty standard for people to suggest. The middle-length discourses. Bodhi's translations, you can get them. You have to buy them. Or you have to get one of these uh, pirated versions, which are actually available. There's a, a, there's an app for Android called Theravada Buddhist Texts, and uh, if you find if you read through the description, it talks about such texts. If you can find a, an, an archive of such texts. You could uh, you could read them on Android, but of course that would be probably in violation of copyright law. Although Bika Bodhi was fine with it, so read that as you will. But yeah, reading the Majjhima Nikaya is good. Majjhima Nikaya, Diga Nikaya. These two, if you read these, you should get a pretty good feeling what the Buddha taught. Not a perfect one. You still need lots more study and and even practice and practice for sure, but also um, guidance from the commentaries, I would argue. To sort of help you get a coherent sense of all the different teachings. I'm scheduled for the 21-day meditation course. Will I be sleeping on a pad on the floor? Uh, we have mats that are about an inch or two thick. And you can put a couple of them together if you need. We probably need to get more, come to think of it. That's what we should do right away, because we don't have enough, I don't think, for four meditators. I don't think. We may have to look into that and get more in the next couple of days. Um, we have bedding, we have sheets, pillows, blankets. Uh, bring your own towel. We probably have them here, but that's something you should bring on your own washcloth and your own, all your toiletries. You can wear socks during the day, bare feet. Bare feet, I like that. I mean, there's no rule, but I appreciate bare feet more. That's just me. I won't, I won't look down on you if you wear socks. Uh, if you run out of something, we can help you. Yeah, no, we can't. If you run out of something, don't run out of something. Bring everything you need or else just live without it. Yeah, we don't have anybody. You're going to be looking after yourselves in the monastery. Uh, we probably can help you. May, we've got a Thai woman who can, a local supporter who, who brings food to the monastery. She can probably help get anything you need. But uh, member scouts, 
Boy Scouts, be prepared. Be prepared. Be prepared to do, to do without in some cases. Okay, look, if you're going to ask questions, you have to put the little question mark before them. I know for the new people, it might not be clear. Yeah, it's not easily understood. Don't even, we don't even explain that. But it's harder for us to find which are questions and which are comments unless you put the question mark before it. There's a little button there that you use to add the question button chanting chanting has different benefits what are your thoughts on the benefits of chanting yeah yeah but it doesn't have anything to do with concentrating on mindfulness I don't know how, how chanting would relate to mindfulness, but there's certainly concentration and intention and reiteration of basic teachings. I don't have too many thoughts on it. I'm dissociated since starting meditation and having a rough time getting past this. I'm depersonalized and derealized. Boy, for someone who's depersonalized, you use the word I a lot. How can I get past this disconnect between myself and reality? Stop obsessing over yourself. Stop worrying about yourself. That will help. If you're worried, say worried, worried. If you're upset, say upset, upset. Spoiler, there is no self. There's no self there. There's only experiences. Those experiences arise and cease. None of them are self. We'll have to go, let go of them. 
you'll feel better. What languages would be best to learn for Theravada studies and travel? English would be a good one. You can cut a head start in there. Would it not be beneficial to add a request to use the question button? Yes, it certainly would. We're changing the website. We've just finally got the, the new website online. Should I tell you all the address? No, I don't have it here. Um, we've got a test, test version of it up. It's live, so it's just a matter of tweaking it, fine-tuning it, making sure it works. I mean, heck, I'm sure it works better than this website already. So uh, probably fairly soon we'll just switch over to it. It may not be as full-featured yet. There may be a few things about it that I'm not... I mean, I just looked at it briefly today for the first time. But uh, we'll be moving over to that soon. So once it gets there, then we can add all, all then we can tweak it as, as necessary. But I don't want to tweak this one anymore because we won't be using it soon. But you're right. I can't scold you for not using the question mark when uh, you haven't been told. How often do you do these live shows? Sorry, I'm new here. Right now I'm doing them every day. But that doesn't always, isn't always the case. They're scheduled to happen every day, but I don't do them every day. So I do try to keep everyone on our toes, not being too complacent. So sometimes we don't broadcast, but otherwise, mostly every day. All right, sounds like we're kind of winding down now. We'll end it there. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll pick it up again tomorrow night. We're moving this weekend, so may not broadcast every day this weekend, but we'll see. I'll try to. It should be okay. And then there's going to be a switch over the internet at the new place isn't up until Wednesday but that just probably means I'll stay here until Wednesday and then Wednesday morning I'll do the final move over Robin's here Robin got here this morning 
she's not here right now. She went to Toronto. But uh, she's already started packing stuff up. And we got more people coming to help. If you're in the area and want to come help us move, great. Come on in. The, we start moving. We start actually moving Saturday. That's when we finally get to go to the new place. Anyway, good night, everyone. Be well.